0: everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, are you getting enough sleep? Because the statistics say probably not. Well, there's a reason. It could be sleep apnea, a little bit of guilt, a new baby, or maybe the full moon. We're talking about it right after the news with Sam McCall.
1: This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. FBI raids across 70 cities have led to over 150 arrests and rescued more than 100 teens being exploited in sex trafficking schemes. The massive three-day raid effort is the largest ever operation against child sex trafficking. A gas explosion in South Philadelphia leveled a home today, sending eight people to the hospital. The collapse also damaged some surrounding homes. A contractor was doing some work on a water heater inside the home at the time of the blast. More bad news for Anthony Weiner's candidacy for New York City mayor. A new poll shows a majority of Democratic voters in the city think he should drop out of the race. Following revelations, he continued to send sexually explicit messages to women after he was forced to resign his congressional seat for similar activities. The son of the man who kidnapped and held captive three Cleveland women for over a decade says he's glad his father pled guilty. Accepting the plea deal has allowed Ariel Castro to avoid the death penalty and spared his victims from repeated court appearances. In world news, 35 people were injured in a head-on train collision in Switzerland today and rescue crews fear one of the train operators may be dead. Local police officials say it's still too early to fully understand what may have caused the crash. Returning from a week-long trip to Brazil, Pope Francis remarked yesterday, if a person searches for the Lord and has goodwill, he has no business passing judgment on their sexual orientation, a big change from how previous Catholic leaders have spoken about homosexuality. Jewels stolen yesterday from a luxury resort in Cannes are worth about $136 million, much more than the 40 million authorities initially estimated. The armed thief made off with the jewels in broad daylight without any violence or difficulties. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your coach for life. Today we're talking about a big life topic, the topic that makes life worth living for some people. Some people can't get enough of it. Some get way too much. I don't think when I get this topic, I don't know how to explain it. When I get enough of this, I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's actually taking. We're talking sleep today, folks. Do you get enough sleep in your life? You go to bed and actually don't go to bed. You go to bed and then play on your phone and play the games and watch TV and listen to the music and read and do all of that instead of sleeping because that's kind of what I do. And it's not good. So today on the show, we're going to be talking about your sleep habits and how your sleep may be affecting your life. And who better to do that with than the gang of crazy people, my team that I affectionately call the um, early bird risers, apparently. Today was the first day in a long time I slept in. And then I find out that everyone on the team today pretty much got up early. What's up with that,
2: Bryce? For me, I just popped – I was just – I was done, up. done sleeping. What time were you done? About, I don't know, 7, 7.15. What time did you go to bed? about 1 maybe 130 130 and you woke up at 7:15 doesn't sound like a lot of sleep I, knew, I felt great this morning it Did was, it feel good? Are you yeah. you feel rested? Yeah, I seem to I don't know if I really can but I seem to be able to, to operate rest. on on
0: now just a few, everybody few really hours. quickly look at Skyboy. Now Sky cuz you don't seem rested.
3: You seem tired, lethargic, sleepy. I always get sleepy at this time of day. But I'm actually not that tired right now. Do you get did just, you, how
0: much sleep do you get a night?
3: It depends. Well,
0: let's just say on
3: average. Uh five to six hours. Really? Yeah.
2: That explains it.
3: That explains it.
2: Look look, me and Sky got stuff to do, all right? Five to six hours. <laughs> we can't hours. be sleeping for like eight or nine <laughs> hours. What are you doing till one in the morning? One thirty. Um You don't even have children. I will be catching up on my shows. I have a big summer backlog, all right? (laughs) Lots of shows to watch. So you're watching TV? Uh, Not not necessarily. Sometimes it's movies that I've been meaning to get to. Okay. A lot of people would say that's just a waste of time. Other times, I'm taking care of computer stuff. I'm fixing it. (laughs) You're surfing the web. I'm stuff up. I am downloading things. I'm managing files. You're on Amazon. I'm I'm buying more things.
0: You're watching YouTube.
2: I may or may not have spent a few hours looking at fans yesterday. Fans, fans, as in like fans that twirl and blow air and keep my room cold. Yes. Okay. My fan of about nine years is dying. Your only fan. My only fan. I Gone. thought
4: Bryce was yeah. I thought he was looking into like real fans, like yeah, yeah, Matt no. the Townsend Show girls. fans. The Matt yeah. Townsend
2: show
5: fans. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, no. This has nothing to do with sleep. But if you take the fan apart and wash the blades and put it back together. It works again. Sounds like a lot of work.
2: Yeah. I don't know. How it's about pretty, this, Rob? It's pretty easy. How Is about that, this, Rob? I'll bring my fan to you, and then you can mess with it. And
5: if I fix it, I can keep it?
2: Uh, you can sell it on eBay. I'll, I'll buy you dinner. How's that if you fix it? Oh, it's, a fan.
5: Okay, that's a deal.
2: About six hours for you. About say, about five. Six, five and a half for each of you.
0: That's kind of messed up. You guys are going to die when you have children. Hey, everybody dies, Matt. Eight oh, hours. Matt. Is that what you get?
5: I, I look at the clock Colonel and I Sanders go to bed. Gets eight hours. What I time add, do you go to bed? Um twelve, one, two, eleven. Oh, not. really? And then
0: you'll just you'll just and take just, it off in at, the morning at eight, and just say, "Well, see you at." You get in 9, your nine fourteen. You get in your footsie jammies, <laughs> and you put on your um, ocean wave machine.
5: I have an I actually not an ocean wave machine, but I have an air purifier that's broken. But it makes a big loud
0: sound and it drowns out the neighborhood. It's
2: perfect. Well I know,
0: but don't now it sounds like you've got a tugboat coming in your house. I no, bet but, he's it's, got, but it's a
5: constant tugboat. So it's
0: it's. that fine. doesn't worry you? Because see to me that would just that would Well it's not wrong. like a big whistle or something. It's more just the big rushing. Can air you do it sound. again for us? Keep going, let me see. Just keep going. Oh, I feel it. Yeah. What happened? Oh, I'm I'm awake. I got unplugged. That's interesting. So you use a mechanical device to make a noise to help you go to sleep?
5: Yeah, and it uh, Hmm. you know
2: it's just that constant white noise in the background. Do do either of you use that foghorn white noise? That's what my fan is. Okay, like it's it's loud, and I can't hear anything. Do you you like the the cold
0: air blowing on you? Yes. See, we have a fan in our room, and my I'm always warm. I'm always roasting, and my wife's cold. So we can't have the fan on, but I'm roasting. So in the middle of the night, once actually, whenever she goes to sleep, and I hear the heavy breathing, this sounds a lot like what Rob was doing. When I hear that, then I turn the fan on. Isn't that amazing? That's <laughs> figured what Mary, it out, man. That's what married sleeping married <laughs> is like, right there. What were you gonna say, Skyball? You had that look in your eye, that glimmer.
3: I don't think I was gonna say anything. I it, just
0: always have that glimmer.
3: Maybe it's a sty. I don't know.
0: It's something. You got something in your eye. Okay. So, Merritt, by the way, Merritt, welcome back from Mexico. Thank you. Holy tan.
4: Thanks. You're sporting
0: an incredible tan. Your hair looks so blonde. Oh, wait. It's always blonde.
4: Oh, yeah. And
0: um, did you sleep okay in Mexico?
4: I did. I slept a lot. And then I got really tired from doing things. Then I slept some more. So it was great. There was one day where I got a good night's sleep. And then I woke up. But I didn't have to do anything.
0: So you just kind of
4: got breakfast. wandered around. Then you went back to bed. Then I took a nap. (laughs) That's (laughs) a funny thing. Then I got up for another few hours. And then I took another nap. So I think I got like... You, a total of like 18 hours of sleep, I, sleep that day. It was great.
2: A good day equates to the breakfast nap. You get up, you do your thing, you eat breakfast, oh, then you take a nap yeah, right after yeah. breakfast. Yeah, I exactly. hate that. I love
4: no, it. No, it's beautiful.
0: Well, but oh, there's so much to do that when you finally are up, you just got to get going. Nah. Except, you
4: see, but then a good day also equates not having anything to do.
2: Oh, good point. And
0: an <laughs> afternoon nap. I love an afternoon nap, but if you've had a breakfast nap, you probably don't need the afternoon nap, do you? You
2: know what? Sometimes you can just let that breakfast nap bleed into your afternoon nap, and you just combine them two and See that? just sort of have just six hours and have another sleep. There's my- a weird
0: guilt, though, associated with sleep. If you're sleeping too much, I get this feeling like, well, maybe it's just my wife <laughs> just standing over me like, you're still in bed. I'm, my wife actually tucks me into bed. Like, she makes the bed in the morning She'll get up and then she'll start making the bed with me in it, which is, hey, that's the sign I probably ought to get up. Give you a
5: kiss on your forehead and say, I've packed you a lunch. Are you ready to leave for school?
0: Yeah. Oh, you're still – exactly. Today though I went – I woke up. First time ever I woke up. My daughter was on – one of her public relations clients was on Good Morning America today. So she had to get up at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Anyway. So I got up to watch Good Morning America for this one-minute segment. Watched it, bonded with my daughter via text for a second, and then I went back to bed till 9:30. It was the greatest day ever. I never sleep till 9:30 ever.
5: For perspective, on the East Coast, that's
0: 11:30. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. So um, I feel very well rested, and except when I drive, I have an hour drive, and it made me really tired. Today it was an hour because I had to drive farther than normal. So I slept on half halfway through the drive. I fell asleep which we're going to find out I think is not healthy. So, Merit, what's the research? How many hours should one have
4: An adult sleep? should have seven to nine hours.
0: Seven time. to nine, which tells hours us. here,
4: the magic eight. So, see, the other thing, though, is that's like telling people, it's like, well, you should have between 2,000 and 2,400 calories a day. Like, yeah. It kind of Good. depends on it depends your. depends on you. Good luck. Yeah. It's like but your body.
0: But let's take our makeup. two. Let's take Pokey and Gumby here. Uh, Bryce and Skyboy. So both of them are getting about an hour and a half less than they need. Well, not that they, than they need, but that is recommended by the 9 out of 10 dentists.
2: <laughs> I think that's your first problem when dentists are recommending you go to sleep. I'm pretty hey, sure every I, survey is about 9 out of I 10 I went dentists. to the dentist and he asked me how many times, or uh, he asked me why I'm flossing more than once a day. And I told him, ha ha, I'm not flossing at all. Trickster. So if <laughs> wow. dentists, but I am sleeping six hours. Really,
4: I went to the optometrist and they told me to get more sleep. But that was really
0: cool. oh gosh, yeah, what, really. What does well, that okay, with I your went eyes?
4: Because I have reading glasses and I get. I've been thinking for a really long time that my prescription should be changed because I have a really hard time still focusing. Yeah, I you know. I do the whole like
6: you old move lady your, yeah. move my arm
4: yeah. type thing. Yeah, and I still I just wasn't getting right and so i went there and they're like well your prescription hasn't really changed so you just need to decrease stress and get more sleep
0: that's why you went to cancun
4: obviously yeah
2: that reason right there is the reason why i really hate going to the doctors not that it's unpleasant not that it's whatever (laughs) it's It's the condescending less stress sleep more (laughs) okay doc that's not changing what else (laughs) do we have see but those are easier for me it's not gonna happen wait till they just say you just need to lose weight and no, that like, would just get tacked on. The and
5: way. then I'm yeah, like, well,
0: yeah. can, can it be it's something just with part my of sleep? Put your weight, pal. <laughs> you you, if you made a way. little
5: more money. That would probably. <laughs> ha- <You laughs> that's really what it sounds <laughs> like. Your eyes would feel a lot
0: better. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, did you do what your doctor said? Did you get more sleep? Um, and did it? No, help? But
4: I do notice that if I if I sleep better, I don't have the problems with my eyes. So. You know
0: what? I've tried some. I've noticed when I wear my glasses, I can see better.
4: Really, that's that's interesting. You got to try that. I, yeah.
0: Do you have glasses?
4: I have reading glasses. If I wore them all the time, I would bump into things and mistake people. And
0: You need the bifocals so you could look like a librarian.
4: <laughs> there we go. That's my goal Then Mike. you
0: could just look over the top of them.
4: It's the See? key to everything.
0: We're supposed to have seven to nine hours? Seven
4: to nine hours. A week. Oh, but again, some people can survive on less. Some people need more Imagine a truck
0: driver who just needs nine hours but can only get five. That's just sad. That seems dangerous. Seems like a bad combination. You need se- – I need seven. If I have seven, I feel really good. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take – because I think, I think I got seven today. That's why I'm feeling good. Then I ate a really big cheeseburger. <laughs> and that's just weighing me down right now. <laughs> so you got to eat right too. So wh- yeah. what else are we learning about sleep? Because we're going to be bringing on, seriously, probably a really world-renowned expert in sleep. From Yale. He's going to fix us. Yeah. And some of us. Some so, some can't be fixed. Yeah.
4: So Dr. Klein's probably going to tell us all that we need to know about sleep. Yeah. So I have a few things about part of sleep, which is dreaming.
0: Oh, good. Ready? Let's go so to So I have dreams. some
4: interesting facts about that.
0: By the way, does anybody dream?
4: Mm-hmm. I.
0: <laughs> Colonel Sanders is like, mm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you oh, dream yeah. a lot, Colonel? Oh, yeah. And it's busy. Do you? Oh, yeah. I hardly dream. You don't constantly – I think I'm up too much to dream.
5: Yeah. Doors,
0: kids coming, trying to get the fan on, my wife turning the fan off, one leg in because I'm sweating one leg out. You know.
5: You don't, but all those interruptions don't keep giving you glimpses into your dream like, oh, yeah, yeah, when I nope. come back, I need to <laughs> – No, nope. I, I think it's like, to- hey, to- next time –
0: well, When you come back, let's have your dream.
3: Yeah.
0: Like okay. that's what my mind says. Hey, let's maybe get back, go to the bathroom – Get that done. Come back.
3: And so maybe you get we'll interrupted
5: in the middle of the it. night. You're, you don't have the sensation of like, oh, yeah, I got to get back to sleep so I can finish that thing that I was doing. In the- never.
0: No? Oh, I never try to finish something in a dream. There's, there's so much waste. to
5: get done. Well, I know. When you're falling in your like. dream,
0: you don't want to finish it. It'll kill you. That's what they say. You'll die if you hit the ground in your dream. Do that? Is that mentioned in your article? It's not. We'll ask the doctor about that. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could die. What does the internet know? <laughs> so what do we need to know about our dreams?
4: Okay, first of all, blind people can dream. So of course. So dreams are not visual. limited yeah, to your visual senses. Okay,
0: I never, so, I've never, i never even thought of that I question. know, I had
4: never thought about it either, but this is an interesting thing. Can deaf Those people who, dream? Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, is that people, well, people who become blind after birth will dream visually.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah,
4: but people who've been blind since birth... Won't dream visually, but all of their other senses will their combine, and they'll that, make. Yeah, Will make a dream. Yeah. Um, you forget ninety percent or more of your dreams, so that's probably you probably do dream because everyone does. Well, that's
2: dream. what they say, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Matt's pushing that ninety-nine to one hundred. I think percent forget much. rate. That's right.
4: Um, dreams prevent psychosis.
0: Oh dang! One. Yeah, I need some dreams. <laughs> that, okay, so because it's your subconscious way of working out some stuff.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. You only dream what you know. So even when you see somebody's face in a dream who you think, I haven't seen them before, you have seen them before and your brain stored it, but your conscious oh, mind doesn't know who it is. Where? Yeah. So it could just be a stranger. Like, you what saw. about these women
0: that dream about their baby that it hasn't been born? Well, they know it's a baby.
5: They're taking a composite of all the attributes of babies they've seen in movies that they wish their baby has, unless it's a nightmare. Then they're taking the composites of all the attributes of babies that they've seen in movies that they don't want and combining it all together into one baby, which they see in the dream or nightmare. they had Mexican
0: for dinner and they just got a bad dream. (laughs) Heartburn. 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 It could be either one of those. (laughs) Okay. What else are the keys to dreams?
4: Okay. Um, 12% of people dream in black and white.
2: Really? Yeah. Sounds very classy. I don't you guys. Know. I was kinda <laughs> like, do you all remember your last dream? Nope. No. I
0: don't remember any
2: dreams.
4: I, I know my I dream because I wake up and I'll have that feeling like, oh, I just had a dream. I won't yeah. remember it. When I do remember my dreams, they're ultimately bizarre.
0: Are they in color or black and white?
4: Definitely in color. Yeah. Really? Exactly. You're a color Not dreamer. Not that classy, apparently. Right, right. But yeah, I always, but they always like. Are, are super vivid and super strange yeah i used to have dreams about aliens when i was a kid all the time well that,
0: see so that tells you about your deepest concerns yeah,
4: obviously you're afraid Aliens. have you
0: ever been to roswell no don't go there it would be a bad idea it would me. really mess you up yeah and bring on psychosis what else
4: <laughs> um people who have smoked cigarettes and then quit will have super super vivid dreams like, really it increases there yeah
2: So Matt, you just gotta start smoking (laughs) and then quit,
4: (laughs) and then quit, and then I'll have
2: better dreams. (laughs) You'll have more vivid dreams. Yeah, you have to have withdrawal symptoms. Okay, (laughs) so you gotta start and then start quitting. Well, but
0: is it just cigarettes? Because you can quit a lot of things and have withdrawal symptoms. I'm not sure. We quit Twinkies when they went out of business. No, they're back now. I know. So that's Um,
7: there goes the dreams. There
4: goes dreams. Yeah, it said is tobacco withdrawal. Okay. Yeah, but a lot of this is a lot of negative dreams because of the withdrawal. So it's like they'll have. Negative emotions, a little panic.
0: Yeah, chased by a cigarette yeah, all day. not good. <laughs> I hate that dream.
4: And here's, okay, Here was my favorite one that I had not actually learned. But when you sleep, your body actually temporarily paralyzes you what? so that you don't do anything dangerous.
2: Really? Yeah. Which is a good adaptation. For sure. It could is. Like, yeah, could like falling out of bed or whatever.
4: Okay, but I went back looking. I um, had seen a movie that was released by This American Life. On NPR, yeah, yeah. it was called Sleepwalk with Me, and it was about this guy who had some really bad sleepwalking problems. And apparently, he had this problem where it's called REM behavior disorder, and Ooh. it's when your body doesn't make enough dopamine, and so you don't become paralyzed when you sleep.
0: So you go do. So you things. are
4: let loose to That's do called going Rambo, absolutely anything. And he tried to kind of ignore this problem, even though his girlfriend was saying things like, you do really weird things when you sleep, like shower and eat pizza at the same time. So you should stop. <laughs> uh,
2: now I'm trying a new thing. Pizza in the shower. Shower Breakfast pizza. and shower figured out. So and I don't have to wipe my people, mouth.
0: Because their brain, they're not paralyzing themselves. So yeah, they get up so and they, they act their dreams, dreams their out. So they're having their
4: active. The and he's active active actually dreaming
0: th- about showering with pizza.
4: Yeah, he'll have like some weird dream that has dream. something to do with that. Yeah,
0: messed
6: up. Anyway,
4: he tried to ignore the problem until he jumped out of the second story of a Whoa. hotel.
0: Yeah, that's a problem. And
4: <laughs> had cuts all over his legs and had to go get stitches. Does he wake they up? They put when him he... in a sleep study immediately. So. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, so he's a stand-up comedian. So it's pretty fun to read about his experiences. What's his name? Mike Berbiglia.
3: Berbiglia. Berbiglia. They make a movie about him. I saw that. Yeah. Think, it's, a, part of it.
4: it's a pretty good one. Did
3: we already say that? It's wow. very amusing. Yeah, we okay. did. But that's yeah. okay. Good <laughs> anyway, to have you. his
4: solution, he had to like tie himself up in a stuff. sleeping bag. and.
0: Did he really? Yeah. That's the solution.
4: But little known dangers of
0: sleep. Man. See, I think I'm just, I think it's, I don't sleep because I drink too much, uh, like water, and then I'm up all night.
2: Yeah, but see, on the contrary, they say if you aren't hydrated enough, you don't sleep well. But Pick then if you are overhydrated, you don't sleep well.
0: How do you do it? How do you do it? We're talking sleep. Do you have some sleep uh, problems, a little apnea? We're going to get to it. We're going to be talking to the expert. Dr. John Klein will be joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio.
7: You've tried to catch snowflakes on your tongue. Now there's a camera that can grab them in midair.
6: This is Innovation Now bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
7: Utah sees a lot of snow in the winter with some great skiing. Knowing more details of how snow forms can be important to ski resorts or to anyone who is interested in better weather prediction. Recently, researchers at the University of Utah developed an infrared camera that can capture falling snowflakes in 3D, revealing new information that may improve forecasts. The system is super fast with a shutter speed of one twenty five thousandths of a second. In fact, that's fast enough to literally freeze a falling flake in midair with astounding sharpness. The pictures reveal new knowledge about how larger flakes form from individual flakes locking together in flight. The camera can count, sort by size, and give the speeds of tens of thousands of flakes nightly. Seeing this kind of structure and getting accurate 3D measurements was impossible with two-dimensional techniques. Now, with advanced understanding of how flakes combine and grow in flight, scientists can improve their computer models for storm and snow predictions and tell you if tomorrow brings gnarly powder or mushy concrete to your favorite downhill run. (sighs) Or driveway. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
6: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. And it's distributed by WHRV.
4: Talk about health with Professor of Exercise
7: Science and Chronic Illness Specialist Ron Hager on The Morning Show. Uh,
8: You can remain healthy for a long time.
7: He brings in weekly segments about health and wellness to share with you.
8: Chronic disease is highly preventable. That's the good. That's the
7: thing I'm excited to talk about. Tune in Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern for Ron Hager on the BYU Radio Morning Show. Talk about
0: good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're taking on the topic of sleep. You know, apparently, it's pretty important. And um, maybe we're not doing it right. So we've gone to one of our great experts, our own Bryce Tobin, has put together a play-by-play of sleep deprivation.
2: Hour by hour, what happens to you when you are sleep-deprived? Once you become an adult, sleep becomes this strange, elusive concept. In fact, I can't remember the last time I didn't feel at least a little bit tired. Which doesn't entirely make sense, because science says the adult stage of life is the point where you need the least amount of sleep, yet they fail to point out that it takes about three months to recover from any lost sleep once you get older. Every night feels like an exercise in futility. Going to sleep is a step in the right direction, but waking up at any point is two steps back because you still haven't made up for the college years. But you've also reached the point where you can't keep sleeping, and if you do, it's not going to make you feel less tired. You're just not going to get anything done. But we're in luck. Sleep used to be one of my focuses in psychology. So I've accumulated lots of papers and research on the subject. And when it comes to sleep deprivation, some pretty cool stuff happens. In a normal day, people are up for about 16 hours. Around that 16-hour mark, they start getting some kind of signal from the brain that now's a good time to hit the hay and refresh for tomorrow's labors. Within those 16 hours, you'll have some pretty normal ups and downs in terms of energy, concentration, or cognitive ability. Going past the 16-hour mark, you'll notice a drop in these attributes. But if you power through, things eventually level out. Your stress will be a little elevated, but... Around the time you normally wake up, your daily schedule kicks back in. And in a strange twist, around the 28-hour mark, some people even have a rise in cognitive ability. Let's say you normally get up at 8 in the morning. Around noon the next day, you get what might be called your second wind. This is the last bit of good news when it comes to sleep deprivation. Everything starts going wrong after the 30-hour mark. Now, you can try to keep yourself going with all kinds of chemicals, like the stuff you find in energy drinks. This method is pretty effective up to the 36-hour mark, but after that, abandon hope. Anyway, back to the 30-hour mark. After this point, hour by hour, you'll notice a decrease in cognition, concentration, and energy. I won't mention this every time, just assume it's there. At 36 hours, you'll get shaky hands. Hour by hour, this will get worse and become general across the body. This is also the point where hallucinations set in. Usually they're just auditory, but the visual and sensory hallucinations aren't very far away. Around the 40 to 48 hour mark, you're going to start having digestive problems. Also at this point, you've temporarily ruined your immune system. If you weren't feeling sick already, some kind of infection is happening somewhere and you're going to feel it sooner or later. From 48 to 60 hours, it's just physically awful. Your body's falling apart, you're drowsy, you don't have the energy to do anything for any extended period of time. Frustration is the killer here because you lack the mental fortitude to really be frustrated, but you're trying to walk up some stairs and you just can't figure out how, but you know you know how to walk upstairs, and the Spanish-speaking flying yellow badge just won't stop pestering you. Somewhere between 60 and 72 hours, something goes terribly wrong. Psychosis will set in. People just break from reality. Most people pass out before this point, and we don't have a lot of data on people that stay awake beyond this point. When people are kept awake this long, it's usually because they're being tortured. And as you can imagine, people probably aren't recording a lot of data in this instance. The psychosis will take therapy to fix, but most of these other problems can be fixed by getting back on a regular sleep schedule and weathering the storm of problems that pop up for the next week or two. So please, just get your sleep. In the end it's not worth it to stay up so late.
0: That sounds horrible.
2: Um yeah, it pretty much is. It sounds like finals week. No, that would be probably the best way, like yep,
0: finals week. Right just, there. So just do that through finals week until you get to the stage of hallucinations and digestive problems. Yeah, so about 36 hours, quit. Man. Go to
2: sleep. Can you what's the longest
0: you've ever stayed awake?
2: Think the long, I'm probably about
3: thirty six hours. I think that's kind of about a day and a half.
0: Really? How about you, Skyboy?
3: Somewhere around that, I've had to pull many all nighters before. And
0: see, that's where it gets ugly because I've had I've had a job where I worked overnight, but only on the weekends, and it messes you up for like three days.
3: You're messed up.
0: You're shaky. You eat weird. You lose weight.
3: I used to have a night shift job. Did you? Yeah.
0: This is where it's scary because a lot of those jobs are important. Like, I don't know. you're. I was an EMT. So I was supposed to be on my game. But at 3 in the morning, you were supposed to go get somebody that's having a heart attack. Yeah. And I was so shaky and sleepy.
2: And yeah, I prefer the EMTs that come to, uh, you know, scoop my body parts, you know. You want, out him, of you want I, I want them on their A game. <laughs> But that's the same thing with doctors. These doctors work crazy shifts. All of the interns are working crazy shifts. Yeah, didn't they have to change the rules for interns? Like, no, you cannot work them for seven days straight. Come on. That's bad for them and bad for patients. Sleep is important. So we
0: are going to get into it. No more of this sleep deprivation thing. I think we're all a little bit deprived. If you've had kids, you know what sleep deprivation with children, it's common. You wake up with your child's foot in your face you wake up with you know, your wife turning off the fan and the room is warm. Stuff like that. You guys have got a lot to look forward to. So excited. The kid just saying, Hey Dad, 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 hey dad What? Are you awake? No son. Daddy's asleep. Okay. Tell me when you're up children. You got to love them. We're talking sleep deprivation on the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: Get recharged at BYU Education Week.
4: It is the best decision I make coming back year after year. I will not be the same.
5: Education Week classes run from August 19th to the
6: 23rd. To register, visit us online at educationweek.byu.edu.
4: I would encourage everybody to come, and you'll not regret it.
6: BYU
5: Education Week, a thousand ways to renew, refresh, recharge.
1: This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Three days of FBI raids have resulted in around 150 arrests and the rescue of over 100 teens being used for sex trafficking. Officials say the highly successful effort was the largest ever operation against child sex trafficking. A gas explosion in South Philadelphia collapsed a home today, sending eight people to the hospital. Several surrounding homes were also damaged by the blast, which may be related to a contractor who was working on a water heater in the home at the time. More bad news for Anthony Weiner's candidacy for New York City mayor. A new poll shows a majority of Democratic voters in the city think he should drop out of the race. Following revelations, he continued to send sexually explicit messages to women after he was forced to resign his congressional seat for similar activities. A verdict in Army Private First Class Bradley Manning's court-martial will be read tomorrow. Manning is accused of the largest leak of classified information in the nation's history and, if convicted of aiding the enemy, could face life in prison. In world news, two trains collided head-on in Switzerland today, injuring at least 35 people and possibly killing one of the train operators. Police officials say it is still too early to speculate about what led to the crash and also warned it could have been much worse. Returning from a week long trip to Brazil, Pope Francis remarked yesterday, if a person searches for the Lord and has good will, he has no business passing judgment on their sexual orientation, a big change from how previous Catholic leaders have spoken about homosexuality. Jewels stolen yesterday from a luxury resort in Cannes are worth about $136 million. Much more than the 40 million authorities initially estimated, the armed thief made off with the jewels in broad daylight without any violence or difficulties. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back, you little sleepyheads, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side. We're doing what we can on this program to give you a leg up to help you have a smarter life, and hopefully part of that is you're getting enough sleep. You know, it seems, just as a father of six uh, and, you know, running a business, trying to stay alive and afloat and... Keep everything going in my life. It seems like one of the things that easily gets forgotten, overlooked, is maybe our sleep. And yet, when you consider a third of your life is spent in bed, uh, it could be a fairly big deal. We're going to be bringing on right now an expert In sleep. His name is Dr. John Klein. He is a licensed clinical psychologist and is board certified in clinical sleep disorders. He's a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and the American Academy of Pain Management. He's also an assistant professor of clinical psychiatry at Yale Medical School and a clinical supervisor in the Department of Psychology at Yale University. He also writes a blog called Sleepless in America for Psychology Today magazine. Dr. John Klein, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Yes. Hi, Matt. How are you? So good to have you. Thank you. And I'm doing wonderful. Um, Not probably getting enough sleep, apparently. (laughs) Probably
8: not. Very few of us are.
0: So we, we just found out seven to nine hours is, I guess, recommended daily allowance for sleep, depending on who you are?
8: Well, generally speaking, what we can say is that for most people, after about 16 hours of you know continuous wakefulness, their mental capabilities begin to decline, uh, oftentimes rather precipitously and uh... usually for most people somewhere around seven-and-a-half or eight hours is going to be about right there are some folks that are more long sleepers that may need upwards of nine uh... and there may even be some people who uh... really need a lot less sleep uh, really some perhaps as little as four hours and they can function relatively uh, well, but for most folks, somewhere around that eight-hour range seems to be about right. And, and most people probably are at least somewhat sleep-deprived today.
0: What's the what's the real function of sleep? I mean, what are we doing while we're sleeping? How is what's it, is it more about our thinking? Is it a more of a mental thing? Does your body actually need the break? What's happening?
8: Yeah, it's clear we really do need to sleep. And and one way to think about it is, uh, you know, if you had to go without food, you could, you know, what, maybe last 30, 40 days. You didn't want to, but it it might be possible. If you were without water, you might make it three or four days. Uh, You know, when it uh, gets to things like air, you know, maybe four minutes, five Mm. minutes uh... but with sleep it's really interesting Um you can go a long time without sleep you won't feel very good but eventually it actually becomes like the overwhelming drive in fact uh... after a few days without sleep you actually won't be able to keep yourself from falling asleep at least for brief intervals so there's something obviously very powerful about something we really do need and there have been all kinds of theories the fact is nobody really knows why we would be in a state of basically being unconscious deaf. Yeah. Uh, non-responsive to the environment. It's a very vulnerable state to be in, uh, and to go through that for eight hours every day. So it must be, you know, serving some important function. Uh, one thought was that, you know, it kind of protected us during the nighttime hours. We're diurnal animals, you know, we're up during the day. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so, you know, just it's kind of keep us inactive during a time we would be vulnerable, you know, back before we had more safe, uh, living conditions the way we do today. Sure. Uh, more recent thinking seems to focus more on the kind of regenerative effect it has on mental functioning and uh... it really does seem that uh... in order to be able to think clearly and to be able to function uh... we really do need sleep and that uh... a lot of what may be going on during uh... sleep is kind of a reparative work on uh... brain function and you know for us to remain conscious the other two-thirds of the day probably takes quite a lot of effort i mean uh, for the brain to be able to do that, um, probably um, you know, is a, a major expenditure of energy and effort, and uh, we do need that time during the night. During the night, we are clearly within the brain, though not inactive. In fact, a lot of activity is going on, and it's changing periodically throughout the night and cycling through sleep stages. So we'll go through uh, that. It, because it's clearly a complex.
0: What's the REM? I mean, we've heard about REM sleep before, and then. Uh we we had a son that once had um night terrors. Yeah which was a waking him up, I guess, during a during a a, a right before REM sleep, I guess. What what is it? Explain it. But he right. would go yeah. literally be acting out these horrific dreams.
8: Yeah. Well, so just uh, in terms of the sleep stages, we've known since the 30s that we go through various stages through the night. In the 1950s, we actually found out about the REM sleep, and uh, basically what it amounts to is you initially have to be able to relax. You transition through what's called basically a theta uh, pattern in the brain waves, which is the transition into sleep. And then there's stage one sleep, which is very light. Uh, in fact, you know, if you call someone's name, they'll almost immediately wake out of it. They, they may not even realize they were actually asleep. Uh, if you continue in deeper, you get into stage two sleep, which is really where we spend most of the night, half or more. And that's fairly good sleep. It has a characteristic pattern on the EEG, so it can be fairly easily scored, uh, when you're looking at recordings of sleep. And, uh, it, it's pretty, Comfortable, you can still have some mental activity going on it, and eventually you'll drop into stage three sleep, which is this really deep, uh, sleep, and it's during that time that human growth hormone is released, mm. which really encourages, uh, cell repair in adults. It encourages growth spurts in children. And, uh, it's during that sleep period that, uh, we're really most refreshed physically. Uh, after you've gone through stage three sleep, then you kind of jump back up to stage two or perhaps stage one sleep and then transition into the dream state. Which is a really peculiar state and an extremely vulnerable and because the body is actually paralyzed, you don't act out the dream. The uh, portions of the brain are extremely active metabolically, uh, producing all these images that if you're awakened out of it, you'll be able to recall. Hmm. And uh, our breathing and heart rate become uh, irregular. And then we come out of that, we're virtually awake, and then hopefully cycle back into stage one, two, and three, and then REM, and so on. And during the first two cycles of the night is when we get most of the stage three or deep sleep, now referred to as N3 uh, sleep stage. And then as the night goes on, we spend more and more time in REM sleep. So by the time you're getting toward the morning hours, sleep is predominantly uh REM. And if you waken out of that, you're generally fairly alert because the brain is kind of already turned on and active. And so, um, unlike trying to wake out of deep sleep where you're very groggy and yeah. have a hard time getting going. So what you were describing with your son is uh a sleep terror or a night terror and that occurs when there's a sudden and abrupt uh awakening out of the deep sleep.
0: Oh wow okay. Uh, and
8: uh yeah, and so people actually, what's happening there is they're still asleep, and in terms of their frontal part of the brain, but their motor uh, centers come become active, and there's an extremely uh, intense uh, anxiety reaction to this, sort of like a panic attack. Right. And so the person usually screams, yeah. blood curdling S- scream. They spiders! They're dad.
0: spiders! Is what he would yell.
8: Yes. Yeah. Well, now that's a really good point you're bringing up, because usually this is not waking out of the dream sleep. Yeah. It's actually out of this deep sleep. But you can have dreamlike mentation even in, in these oh, wow. kind of deeper stages of sleep. But they are usually stylized things, like a stylized spider coming down from the ceiling, yeah. or, you know, perhaps a spider web all around you. It's usually, like, when you wake out of the dream sleep, it might be more like, you know, there was this witch, and I was, you know, <laughs> in this really bizarre place. It
0: was running from the it's monkey. Like a more
8: complex yeah. story yeah exactly yeah the monkeys were flying down on me, and things <laughs> like that so uh so this kind of thing really uh occurs from uh deep sleep and that's called a parasomnia, which is uh unusual behavior that occurs during sleep, actually fairly common among children
0: yeah that 's what they were saying and but I mean that's just one when you just explained all of that, the rest of us just go to bed John, the rest of us mm-hmm. just take a nap, good night, 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 but there's all of this going on in our brain and it seems like absolutely so so the idea of what normal is i'll bet most of us don't even know what normally it should be like so there's probably people with sleep disorders that don't even know they have a disorder
8: that's absolutely true you know in in fact uh, i i think in in many ways uh, sleep has been kind of denigrated and you know people put up with poor sleep they kind of force their way through uh... but in fact it, it really can have serious implications you know when you you think about all the things like chernobyl and Bhopal and shooting down with the vincennes and the you know the crash of the um you know the uh... Um, which was the one up in uh... alaska back in the late eighties all yeah. of those things tend to occur with people who were you know up during the night they had been up for hours and hours perhaps 24 hours, and uh, these kinds of things really result in... you know, really poor judgment and errors in thinking that can really lead to disasters, like releasing a chemical or, <laughs> you know, causing a meltdown of the reactor or things like that. So it really is serious. In day-to-day life, probably the most uh, significant danger is uh, falling asleep at the wheel. Oh yeah. Uh, because it's now known that uh, sleep deprivation actually produces uh, impairment in driving that's equivalent to, you know, being legally intoxicated. Really. So it, it really is a significant issue. Um, Is it, and, and can result in... And,
0: and I see it. I see it just with... I see couples that aren't sleeping together, couples because of his snoring mm-hmm. that are having problems, and he's yeah. lacking energy. I mean, I, I read a statistic yeah. where, like, 20% of couples aren't even sleeping together anymore.
8: Well, actually, some of the... Uh, that's a good point, because some of the surveys actually have indicated maybe as high as 40% Really? Now. Not because couples are,
0: you know... They don't love each having
8: other. ...having right. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's just they they have different schedules, or one of them snores, or has leg kicks, or can't breathe properly during the night, or uh, you know is moving around. Uh, and so, a lot of people in desperation because they need sleep will actually sleep in the death room bedroom just yeah. in order to be able to sleep. So, it really, has more to do with the poor quality of sleep that many right. people have today. Well, and I guess, and, and that's and not. To go back to a... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I just want to go back to a point you had made about, you know, what is normal, and uh, it's almost like uh, we really don't know what normal is any longer because since uh, you know Thomas Edison started lighting up the the night uh, back in the 1880s, uh, we in the this part of the world at least uh, really have lost the kind of normal rhythm to the day that uh, right. existed with and kind of going to bed when the sun went down and getting up when the sun came up. And now we can be up at 3, 4 in the morning. We have bright lights on, computers going. And uh, it really probably has changed our sleeps in ways that we uh, really don't really fully appreciate yet.
0: Man, I mean, and it's, yeah, just pulling your cell phone out at 3 in the morning, and all of a sudden you get all this light, burst of light in your eyes. It's got to impact us.
8: Well, it does, and not not only, you know, primarily suppresses melatonin levels, you know, physiologically, and it also can be very uh, psychologically stimulating. Uh, But the thing about a lot of the um, uh, instruments now that we're using during the night actually use uh, these LCDs, and that's really good because they're very energy efficient, but the kind of drawback to it is they also throw off a lot of the blue end of the spectrum light, and that tends to be most... Um, active in terms of suppressing melatonin oh, and really? basically waking us up. Yeah. There are actually in programs now you can uh, download for free from the internet that will, uh, basically keep Track of what time it is and begin to strip the blue light out uh, as it's getting later into the night. So even though you may be still being exposed to high levels of light, at least it won't be that uh, more blue end of the spectrum.
0: Oh, so that's a great.
8: People are trying to come up with ways. Yeah, that's a people great. People are trying to thing. come up with ways to do this.
0: Absolutely. Okay, let's take a break. We're we're talking here with Dr. John Klein, who is a clinical psychologist and is board certified in clinical sleep disorders. He's working us through. He's trying to help us figure out uh, our own little sleep problems. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the things to watch out for and then eventually some great solutions for getting better sleep and making sure you're getting the sleep you need. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.
7: Got a cut or scrape? Forget bandages and reach for a tube
6: of gel? This is Innovation Now. Bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
7: Chemists in the Netherlands seem to have created a new gel with some far-out properties. It gets tougher and stiffer as you pull on it, mimicking the internal scaffolding of living body cells. And opposite of the wobbly gelatin dessert from your childhood, this gel also gets tougher with heat instead of melting away into a liquid. What is it and what's it good for? It's a combination of two molecules. One is called polyisocyanopeptide, which is a very springy polymer. When you introduce it to some polyethylene glycol, the two substances self-assemble into very long and springy chains that grab and hold each other. By varying the glycol portion, you can tune this gel's melting point up or down, including over the range of body temperatures. This makes the supergel able to mimic structures of the body to act as a scaffolding for healing wounds. A super gel bandage would stick to a cut while protecting it, and you would remove it simply by running an ice cube over it to melt it, then wiping it away with a cloth. No ouchies, but maybe some goosebumps. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
6: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
4: Add BYU Radio's toll-free number to your phone contacts and be ready to chat with us anytime. Our number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Whether you add your opinion to the morning show or ask Matt Townsend a question, we want to hear what you have to say. Again, our number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. Call us.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Today we're talking sleep disorders, and are you getting enough sleep out there? It's interesting with SiriusXM, a lot of our listeners are drivers, truck drivers, um, uh, people out there just on the road. So we hope you're listening and learning the power and importance of your sleep. It impacts, and it seems like the more I add to my plate, the more my sleep tends to suffer, Uh, whether it's my kids getting me up. I mean, it's also interesting. I went to bed... Last night at midnight, exhausted, and my kids are all up. It's summer, and my kids are young, but they'll all, and then they'll just sleep on the couches, and I don't get it. Like, go up to your room, turn off your lights, shut your blinds, get in your cozy little position, and go to bed. But no, they're all just jazzed up, and once the TV's on, they're probably getting that blue light that Dr. Klein was talking about. We're talking with our expert, Dr. John Klein. He's a Ph.D., and uh, a licensed clinical psychologist and a board-certified clinical sleep uh, expert in clinical sleep disorders. He's a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and the American Academy of Pain Management. He also is an assistant professor at Yale Medical School and a clinical supervisor in the Department of Psychology at Yale University. So, Dr. Klein, thanks again for being with us. Oh, great to be here. We need you. And the, it's interesting. So the blue light is a big deal, which is something that is more and more emitted from our little technology devices. So maybe that's it not really a good is, thing yeah. to have, uh, pulling out your phone at midnight.
8: Yeah, you know, this whole thing about checking your email in the middle of the night yeah. and things like that uh, really is very destructive to sleep, you know, both on the psychological and the physiological level. That's really true. And, uh, you know, we do recommend, like, even an hour before your bedtime – really cutting off all those kind of bright sources of light, beginning to really uh, calm that down and, uh, you know, just kind of dim the lights a bit. Let yourself begin to have those melatonin levels rise and prepare for sleep.
0: Um, What do you think of all of these kids, not kids, I mean, I went uh, to Lake Powell. It's called Lake Powell. It's just a great lake that you can go water skiing on. And at night, all of these adults are popping melatonin and i'm sitting there thinking why are we yeah. popping melatonin why don't we just go to bed turn the lights yeah, off slow know, it down go to
8: bed yeah it's a good point it, i mean basically um melatonin is an interesting thing and and one of the problems with it is that the uh preparations that you get because they're you know marketed as supplements not as uh as drugs so there is leeway, you know, they, they, you know. How much melatonin do you have in there? What's the quality? Uh, if you can get good quality melatonin, it is a interesting uh, hormone, and uh, it has a couple of different uses in how it affects the body. There are two different melatonin receptors in the brain, and uh, one of them is actually involved with uh, chronobiology, or actually setting the timing sleep mm. and the other one actually produces a mild hypnotic effect so when people take it about an hour, hour and a half before bedtime it it's like a mild very mild uh, sleep aid okay and that's probably what most people are yeah. taking it for uh, clinically we can use it for people who say you know are experiencing jet lag or maybe having uh, certain kinds of sleep disorders uh, their circadian rhythm or basically when your 24 hour cycle has gotten off and uh it can be used to actually help people who are say not able to fall asleep before 2 in the morning and they want to sleep till 10 in the right. morning and that would be fine except they have to get to school or job and uh sometimes uh taking melatonin can actually help out with that if you want to think about melatonin it's the inverse of light So whereas light in the morning tends to wake us up and make us want to go to bed sooner at night, melatonin in the evening, in the same way, makes us want to go to bed earlier and get up earlier. So it kind of pulls the sleep up uh, light, you know in the morning can do it when you reverse those it has the opposite effect so light at night tends to keep us up later and it may be this is not proven but it may be that melatonin in the morning actually would uh, do the same kind of thing it would actually keep you up later huh. at night so uh,
6: oh, interesting it's,
8: it's really the, the the way to think about melatonin is the hormone of darkness so <laughs> it's released as it's getting dark and uh, you know for animals that are nocturnal you know we're diurnal right. so nocturnal animals when their melatonin levels start going up they actually get active so a mouse or you know a rat would actually become more active as their melatonin levels go up whereas for humans as melatonin levels go up we begin to get drowsy and uh, want to go to sleep
0: that's interesting um tell me about the the person that says that they're a night person versus a morning person yeah, that, is that is that yeah, a real concept true. is it a chemical that's, issue what is it
8: well, it's a timing issue. There are uh, there are people we call owls who like to stay up late and sleep late, and there are larks who like to go to bed early and get up early. And we'll probably take, you know, talking about an hour plus or minus off of kind of the the typical bedtime, which in the modern world, Let's say it's somewhere between 10:30 and 11. So, you know, some might want to go to bed a bit earlier in that. They're the larks, and some want to go to bed a good deal later than that. They're the owls. And, uh, you know, who knows? Across the whole population, it may be that this has kind of worked out over the years because we need some people to kind of stay up and do things at night. and We want some people up kind of taking care of things in the morning. So, right. Uh, would probably kind of naturally shake out like that. The problem, though, is in today's world, uh, you often kind of have to do what your job or school demands yeah. of you, and it may not fit with your kind of natural sleep
0: propensity.
8: Ta- but ta- these are really timing issues.
0: Oh, yeah. It, it seems like, too. I mean, it, it seems like if I was getting up early, and would my body eventually just adjust to being a lark? I mean if i 'm an owl uh, and i 'm doing the lark schedule, will my body eventually adjust, or am I just fighting myself forever
8: well you're you 're probably going to be fighting against your natural tendency, hmm. but you can do things like expose yourself to bright light in the morning, take melatonin in the evening. you can do things like that that will help um, it, basically these are um, these are factors that set the time uh, system for the uh, sleep schedule, and so you can, to some degree, manipulate those, but the fact is that if your natural tendency, you know, that's what your genetics are, is for being an owl, you're probably never going to really feel totally great being a lark, right. although you can work it out to, you know, people obviously do this, but uh, given, you know, if you were able to do things naturally, you'd probably want to go back to being an owl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I like um, the thing about you know our police and firefighters and doctors and nurses who are up all night, we really depend on them, but most people never really feel fully good if they work third shift.
0: yeah no, I felt know, it it's, it's, and you're yeah, off and you it's and then it takes yourself, you a while to recover
8: absolutely, so swing shifts is probably one of the most difficult things to uh to cope with mm. uh you know, like some of the fire people do and things like that. It can really be very. Uh, Very difficult to get used to that.
0: What are some more signs we should be watching for that would be telling us that we have a sleep problem, a a sleep deprivation problem?
8: Yeah, sleep deprivation uh, particularly leads to um, things that are actually potentially dangerous, so daytime drowsiness. And we make a distinction between drowsiness and fatigue, so fatigue is feeling tired, low energy, um, you know, you don't really feel all that good, but you can, you can keep functioning. Mm. Uh, drowsiness is a different matter. That's the head bobbing, the eyes closing. And uh, if you start doing that while driving or, you know, if you're operating a machine that is uh, potentially dangerous, um, you know, you can, they're called microsleeps. where for anywhere from 3 to 10 seconds, your brain basically goes offline. You can't stop yourself from doing that. And, uh, you know, if you're going 70 miles an hour down the road, 3 to 10 seconds, you can cover a lot of ground and a lot can happen. So this actually becomes really dangerous. So the daytime drowsiness would be one of the uh, primary signs that you're simply not getting a sufficient amount of sleep.
0: I see that, uh, by the fatigue way.
8: fatigue will go along with that.
0: I see that not to interrupt you, but I see that with my board operator that runs our show. His name is skyboy, and he he drifts off regularly,
8: <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. not well, heavy machinery,
0: that, that it's happen. just yeah, so i'm going to have to we'll have yeah. you hold and talk to him. <laughs> And work that. Yeah,
8: who needs to get some more uh, shut eye in? That's Absolutely. right.
0: Well, it's because he's a young, uh, he's a young college kid, so he's just always, you know, chasing the ladies. Um, so there's a difference yeah, yeah. though between sleep deprivation and just fatigue. I mean, a lot of us might be having sleep problems and be fatigued, but not like to the stage of sleep deprivation.
8: Correct. In fact, most people who have insomnia. Which we usually think of not getting enough sleep, but it's really arousal that continues into the night. It disrupts the sleep. It's either hard to fall asleep, or you're waking up and finding it hard to get back to sleep, or you're waking up early. Uh, that certainly can result in things like irritability, low mood, uh, you know, memory problems, um, things like that. But it doesn't generally result in uh, the daytime drowsiness. So it, it's it's really um, it decreases our functionality it decreases quality of life it certainly can interfere with work and social activity uh it's not a good thing but you know it's generally not in that kind of range of danger but uh when you get into things like where you're just not getting enough sleep and you have the daytime drowsiness that's when you can have a car accident or mm-hmm. you can uh you know slip up on um, you know something you know like you don't change the uh the audio, the way you're supposed to, because you phased out for a while there. Right, so right. That's that our boy right here. More serious.
0: It's yeah. uh, and the thing about it is... oh, go ahead.
8: Well, I was just going to say, it, it's like the thing with the, um, you know, like our medical personnel, doctors and nurses who put in these fantastically long hours, often overnight, uh, very long shifts. Uh, frankly, they have a very high rate of uh, getting tickets on the way home. Mm. Um, There is uh, increased risk of uh, uh, accidents and things like that. Uh, There is even some indication. There's only one study I'm aware of that has looked into this, but apparently uh, for nurses who, like, work the third shift, they're up all night, you know, for like 15 years, do appear to increase their risk of breast cancer. So it may be that over long periods of time, real sleep deprivation can really begin to interfere not only with our mental functioning, but probably our physical health as well.
0: Wow, that's dangerous. We're gonna, um, I I wanna come back with you, John, and have you explain to us, you know, just top shelf, what are the best solutions we should be doing and to to make sure we're getting enough sleep? What are the watch outs that we should be having? And uh, maybe some of the things we should be consuming and not consuming. We're talking to Dr. Uh John Klein. Uh, who is the author of Sleepless in America. It's a blog on Psychology Today magazine. He's an expert in uh, sleep and getting enough. We're going to take a break, come back, wrap up the show, and give uh, get some more ideas from Dr. John Klein right here on the Matt Townsend
1: Show on BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Books geography, art, media
0: literacy. Dean Duncan will cover it all from his unique perspective.
2: How do you feel about It's a Mad,
5: Mad, 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 Mad world? I love It's a Mad, Mad,
6: Mad, Mad world. Should a comedy be 180 minutes? Uh, Yes, especially that one, one because as a cultural historian, it is a cultural cornucopia.
0: This Will Take a While airs weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio.
1: This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Three days of FBI raids have resulted in around 150 arrests and the rescue of over 100 teens being used for sex trafficking. Officials say the highly successful effort was the largest ever operation against child sex trafficking. Three homes were destroyed today in South Philadelphia after a natural gas explosion injuring eight people. Over 70 surrounding homes were evacuated while emergency crews secured the area and rescued the injured. New polls are bringing more bad news for Anthony Weiner's bid to be New York City mayor. Over half of Democrats in the city now think Weiner should bow out of the race. In light of new revelations, he sent sexually explicit messages to young women after similar actions forced him to resign his congressional seat. A verdict in Army Private First Class Bradley Manning's court-martial will be read tomorrow. Manning is accused of the largest leak of classified information in the nation's history, and if convicted of aiding the enemy, could face life in prison. In world news, two trains collided head-on in Switzerland today, injuring at least 35 people and possibly killing one of the train operators. Police officials say it's still too early to speculate about what led to the crash, and also warned it could have been much worse. Returning from a week-long trip to Brazil, Pope Francis remarked yesterday, if a person searches for the Lord and has good will, he has no business passing judgment on their sexual orientation, a big change from how previous Catholic leaders have spoken about homosexuality. Jewels stolen yesterday from a luxury resort in Cannes are worth about $136 million, much more than the 40 million authorities initially estimated. The armed thief made off with the jewels in broad daylight without any violence or difficulties. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back friends, you little sleepy heads To the Matt Townsend Show Today we are talking about the importance of getting enough sleep And ever since we've been talking about it My own little board operator here, Skyboy Has been perked right up, just listening Skyboy, you learning anything? Yep Uh, Interestingly, uh, one thing that keeps our Skyboy awake During the show is if we give him sugar Skittles or marshmallows And he perks right
3: up Those are my favorite shows those we are Skittles we, yeah. and marshmallows. You'll
0: usually know when Skyboy's awake because our audio levels will be <laughs> balanced and um, he'll be quickly reacting with... The relief. music will actually be playing. The music will be playing. Yeah. You'll know when he's not because, I don't know. There'll be long periods of silence. Long, long, long gaps of silence. That's why we've brought on our excellent guest. Dr. John Klein is joining us. Dr. Klein is a licensed clinical psychologist, board certified in clinical sleep disorders. He's a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and the American Academy of Pain Management. He's also an assistant professor of Psychiatry, Clinical Psychiatry at Yale Medical School and as a clinical supervisor in the Department of Psychology. Dr. Klein, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show.
8: Great to be here.
0: We really have uh, enjoyed having you. And as we kind of are wrapping up this last segment with you, what are are the things we should be doing? What are the do's and the don'ts of making sure we get enough sleep? I have a feeling caffeine at 10 o'clock at night, a don't
8: yeah that's right um I mean basically, what we recommend on caffeine is that uh you know you should probably limit it to about two cups of coffee, and these are you know not like twenty ounce things yeah. but you know six to eight ounces uh and and probably before about two in the afternoon you, generally it you know has its best effect first thing in the morning uh, it Certainly does improve alertness and and uh, all that. It it does stay in the system quite a while though. It does it? And uh, they. The, the other thing that, about is uh, a lot of people will say, well, you know, I, I can have a cup of coffee after dinner and no problem falling asleep at all. And um, there was actually some research done on uh, what you would take to decaffeinate coffee back in the 60s when they were trying to come up with a new product. And initially they were very encouraged because it looked like, you know, if it kind of took it down to 50 percent, uh, it didn't keep people up. Hmm. And they were really happy with that, but then they, as they actually continued the study, they found out that caffeine is actually pretty good at interrupting sleep. So it may not be so good at keep you keeping you from falling asleep, but then you're going to have really restless, kind of non-productive sleep after that. So one of the big problems with uh, caffeine is maybe not even so much falling asleep, but that it's just going to make your sleep of much poorer quality. So that's what's that's happening. I what really recommend. That's, yeah, that's what's so really happening to
0: me. It's, it's mine's yeah. just disrupted. It doesn't feel like one continuous flow, and it yeah, might be yeah. the caffeine. Well,
8: there are lots of things that can be waking us up during the night, and caffeine is, uh, you know, certainly one of those. The other thing about caffeine, I want to kind of go to the thing about the skittles and the yeah. sugar and all that. A lot of people are using these uh, energy drinks today, right. and you know, uh, sugar, glucose, you know, that is rocket fuel for the brain, and so it does kind of perk you up, but then. You know, once the insulin levels go up and that gets driven into the cells, you get that kind of crash effect. And uh, we do really find that if you're going to use something with caffeine in it, you're probably better off sticking with tea and coffee uh, than some of these kind of preparations that have a lot of sugar and B vitamins and, you know, amino acids and who knows what else is in there. Uh, So. So caffeine, you know, has a legitimate role. It, it certainly can be helpful. Uh, it's also probably best not consumed in, in big mega doses like a, a giant, you know, 24-ounce uh, you know, yeah. 700 hundred because that will perk you up, but then it really crashes you later. You're probably better off maybe having a, a little cup of tea later that yeah. will actually maintain alertness. Without really jacking your nervous system up so much,
0: just kind of slight doses. Let me answer answer this for me. Is it illegal for me to medicate my team with Skittles and take them up <laughs> on a big high, and then I don't care if they crash after the show. Whatever, it's their life. But right? Is it okay well, to medicate? I, I, you know, I think
8: you. I think you can probably get away with that under current law. Okay. You know? I mean, Good. Uh, as an employer, I think you're within full rights to okay. do that. That's good. Uh, may not be so good for their long-term health.
0: But, yeah, well, uh, you know, you know, I'm more worried <laughs> about the show this week than their long-term <laughs> it's through health. Through this, right? Does it? Uh, and how many <laughs> exactly. skittles should I give them? What's the great medical dose of skittles? Is it five? Is it ten? <laughs> I know well, if I hey, give them yeah, twenty, I can't. Like twenty or
8: thirty, okay. I think some of these. I'll
0: give them thirty. Uh, you
8: know, really go for it. Yeah, but uh, the neat thing about our yeah. studio
0: is the walls are padded, so either way.
8: Yeah, so if they're bouncing off, yeah, it doesn't
3: it's really good. matter.
0: Nobody gets hurt. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, this is so we, we know that caffeine's a big deal, and, and the stimulants, the yeah. sugar, and, and it's it's interesting. I think in our gut, we all kind of have a feeling that those energy drinks are killing us. Um, it's, yeah. you know, slowly they're but very steady. Popular. They are, aren't they? Yeah. What do you they see? Really what do you see? What are some other things well, you see going on as people are coming into your clinic and and you're seeing, you know, some solutions that are just fairly obvious.
8: Well, a a lot of it, you know, has to do with uh, bad behaviors that do build up when people are trying to cope with, uh, you know, poor sleep or lack of sleep. So, you know, the person who maybe is not setting aside enough time to sleep, maybe, you know, using a lot of caffeine during the day, you know, to try to get through, they may be using these power drinks, uh, when they would be a lot better off really looking carefully at their schedule and really making sure they get that seven and a half or eight hours of time in bed. I mean, our bodies really do, for most of us, really need that, and so a lot of it is really biting the bullet and, um, you know, really making a reasonable schedule, Uh, try to time that as, as well as you possibly can, you know, try to get to bed probably somewhere, you know, around ten thirty, eleven o'clock. I know a lot of this sounds completely
0: no. fanciful
8: for many people, but uh, you know, really taking control of our schedules, just like, you know, we try to, I hope, you know, uh Skittles notwithstanding, but <laughs> trying to, you know, get good nutrition and uh, you know, put aside time for exercise and, you know, for meditation and all these kinds of things, uh, it's probably really important that we um you know make sure we get enough time for sleep,
3: and, absolutely, uh,
8: really shorting ourselves on that is is really bad. Other things you know uh, some people will you know have really poor sleep, and so what they do is they kind of go in the opposite direction, so they start spending more and more time in bed. you know they reset the alarm yeah. in the morning and uh, and that really turns out to be counterproductive because you don 't really get good quality sleep. you get this poor quality stuff you 're much better off keeping the same rise time every day. You know, try to get to bed about the same time, and that will regularize your your brain, you know, to getting used to being on a regular sleep schedule. That will go a long way. I mean, a lot of this is pretty low-tech. Right. Or, um, you know, you don't really need a lot of the high-tech stuff to uh, improve this. You just need to work with your body. And so much of modern life, because, you know, we can be watching, a you know, a 50-inch bright, screen at, uh, you know, 3 in the morning uh, really works against the natural flow of the human body. Absolutely. Uh, and it just takes a lot of willpower, I think, to, you know, look at it and say, well, you know, I really want to feel good. I really want to make up for the time I'm going to spend in bed because I'm going to be more efficient. Um, you know, there are all these uh, studies that look at productivity, uh, like in the U.S. versus, say, in countries in Europe where they have uh, siestas. And uh, you know, taking that little break in the middle of the day may seem like, well, boy, you know, you're taking time off from work, and uh, that's really bad. And yet, they end up being more productive than us because we just kind of power through the whole day yeah. and are exhausted and, and probably not functioning very well. I,
0: I did that. I lived in Argentina for two years, yeah, and we had a yeah. mega fiesta, or a mega siesta, but it turned into a fiesta, a party. Um, <laughs> but it was, right. but it was, it was so rejuvenating for me because you'd go out again at four o'clock well-rested, energized, and just crank it the rest of the night.
8: Yeah. I don't know if we have time to kind of just briefly touch on this, but it may be that the natural human sleep schedule is a dip towards sleep in the middle of the day and a rise toward wakefulness in the middle of the night. So that historically, before electric lights, before the industrial revolution, it may have been that People woke up, you know, in the early morning hours, stoked the fire, did some cleaning, went back to bed and slept for another period, and then they took the siesta, you know, yeah. after. Uh, so that may actually be our natural thing, and, and what we now regiment ourselves to, being up for two-thirds of the day and sleeping a third, may actually be an unnatural and actually fairly stressful I agree. thing that
0: we're trying to do. I am in total agreement. And so is Merritt, who is sitting right next to me. Yeah. That is our schedule. I, I love a good nap. Like, like a, if I could have a 15-minute nap in the middle of the day, boom, oh. I'm on fire.
8: You're much better off with that than a power uh, drink. Yeah, uh, really. I mean, that, that's, that's golden. Oh, I've got to convince my high- people of that. Yeah, well, the high-tech companies have really gotten into this. You know, they'll provide uh, nap rooms and things like that. Uh, I've even heard that New York City, they have things now where you can actually rent nap rooms really? uh, for just a quick uh, power nap, you know, in the middle of the day. So you can kind of get away from the office, do 15 minutes, and get back to uh, work before lunch is over.
0: I I think, you know, we're going to have to learn. We're going to have to figure out what works for us, and it seems like that's one, I guess, the hard things here, is everyone's so different, and yet, so it's really a personal thing to figure out what your body's yeah. doing, right?
8: Yeah, that's exactly right. Because apparently, you know, people like Maggie Thatcher, uh, uh, Winston Churchill, you know, John Kennedy, these were folks who tended to be short sleepers, you know, four hours mm. Uh, although many of them, you know, also do little naps during the day, but they, you know, they seem to function pretty well in it. Most of us are not like that. Most of us are going to need more sleep than that. But uh, again, it's knowing your own personal needs and then making sure you set aside time for it.
0: And then all of a sudden, so we get married, we're now, you know, living with somebody, we're sleeping with somebody. We we hear yeah. the good side of that, where we can get in the same you know, rhythm, circadian rhythm, or what, circadian rhythm, or whatever. Um, how do we manage, you know, being with a partner and, and some of these differences and some of our sleep patterns? What have you learned there?
8: Well, there I think uh, it's really important in the modern world, as long as we have to kind of keep doing what we're doing now, to be flexible and uh, not to feel guilty. If, you know, if your spouse, you know, doesn't get home to like 11, And, you know, you need to be in bed by, you know, 10 in order to be able to get up uh, hours before they get up, um, you know, to, to kind of force yourself to stay up we can understand why people want to do that they want to yeah. have some overlap they want to kind of see their spouse but um you really have to respect your sleep during the week you know try to you know maybe have some quality time on the weekends or something like that but i think uh... we really do need to make sleep a priority and if it means using separate bedrooms not to feel a lot of guilt around that. Um, you know, and um other things, you know, if people are having things like the sleep apnea with the severe snoring, mm-hmm. they should probably go get that checked out and there are, you know, mechanical devices that can actually help them sleep better that may actually help get rid of the snoring and may make it possible not only for them to be healthier, but for the other spouse to sleep better. So I would really encourage you, you know, if people are having some of those really intractable problems you know, talk to your doctor, get referred to a uh, sleep specialist, and there may be things that can really help out with that. A lot of these things are fairly natural, mm-hmm. you know, that um, really just kind of work with the natural way that we need to uh, rest our bodies.
0: It seems like uh, just the mere fact that you lack energy would be a great indicator you might have a sleep issue.
8: <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, and, and... there are many potential causes of fatigue, but sleep is a, a primary one. Yeah. Sure.
0: Powerful. Well, Appreciate you, Dr. John Klein. Um, really, they need to go check out your blog, Sleepless in America. That's a blog that you write for Psychology Today magazine, right?
8: Yes, yes. We, we have a number of different people, uh, experts on various aspects of sleep. I tend to focus in on uh, sleep disorders, okay. so things like what we've been talking about, insomnia, sleep apnea, uh, you know, sleepwalking, sleep driving, things like that
0: and sleep board operating of the Matt Townsend Show.
8: And sleep board operating, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, being on autopilot for that, absolutely. That's our
0: man. So, so they can find that just by looking up Sleepless in America blog. Is that how they find that?
8: Yeah, just go to the Psychology Today um, uh, magazine on uh, you know psychologytoday.com and uh, go to the blog sections, and there are an enormous number of different uh, you know, topics yeah. that you can look into. Just scroll down to sleep, hit that, and then you'll see, you know, probably about a half a dozen of us that do various blogs and you can just uh tap on one of those. Uh also as the new blogs are coming up, they just kind of are there on the sleep page. So right. uh, if you want to look at my stuff in particular you can kinda go into my area. If you just want to see them, uh you know, I'm about to Within the next couple of days, I'll be putting up a new blog, but uh, it's kind of a nice way to get a lot of um, some of the up-to-date information on sleep, and obviously, uh, with this many people that are working on different aspects of it, there is a lot of new information coming out. You um, and, well, uh, you know, this thing that's been a mystery is really being better understood now.
0: Well, it's amazing, too. It's been with us for so long, and yet now we're just yeah. barely starting to get a handle on it, aren't we?
8: Absolutely. Love yeah. it.
0: Dr. John Klein, so appreciate you, and we're going to have to have you back because I'm going to go test out all of your ideas, including that uh, caffeine <laughs> thing. No caffeine after two. Love it.
8: No caffeine after two or very little, yes. It seems like yeah, a no-brainer. out, and I'll... Glad to hear how the results of the experiment
0: come. Oh, thank you. Dr. John Klein, and go check out his website, Sleepless in America. Go to psychologytoday.com for that. We're going to take a break, come back, wrap up the show, do a few uh, Internet Asks Matt questions, as well as our own Rob has put together some stories from the Internet about sleep. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.
7: Next time you're playing mixologist, consider holding the olive and adding transistors?
6: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
7: As a sort of high-tech novelty, an MIT student recently created intelligent ice cubes to put in his drinking glass at parties. Made of colored LED lights, a tiny battery and circuit board, Embedded in a food-safe gelatin cube, the devices respond to loud party music by blinking on and off in the glass. This isn't exactly new. You could make them yourself, but these ice cubes carry an accelerometer, which can sense and count how many times a glass is tipped to take a sip. Too many sips too fast, and the glass glows red to warn the drinker he's over imbibing. While these were only a novelty demonstration, being able to miniaturize electronics and add some smarts to everyday objects points to a future where smart cocktails could tell bartenders how to properly mix a martini or Mai Tai. Or imagine that drink glasses might someday have IP addresses and could help communicate short distances over the noise in a bar when you try to introduce yourself. It might really be the drink talking this time. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Ravino.
6: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
7: Like BYU Radio on Facebook for updates on our shows, Cougar Sports, and more. Once you're there, you can connect with our hosts, producers, and other BYU Radio listeners.
4: Plus, if you have any requests, suggestions, or questions... Just ask us on our Facebook page. We love to hear from you. So like BYU Radio on Facebook.
0: Welcome back, kids, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, again, we've been talking about sleep and the importance of sleep. Our very own uh, Colonel Rob Sanders has been doing some research in the news about sleep. To see
5: sleep in the news?
0: Is there a lot of sleep stories in the news? Yeah, surprisingly. Well, let's check them out.
5: Sleep in the news. A lot of us don't get enough sleep at night. Doctors asking the question, napping. Does it help? it hurt your sleep.
2: Yawn!
5: One researcher now saying that sleepiness happens between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m., and if you take a nap in the afternoon, then you're not as sleepy between 3 and 5, which then makes you want to take another nap.
3: Yawn!
5: Science and research money proving what mom always taught you. Don't snack after school. You'll spoil your appetite for dinner. Still having trouble sleeping? Well, before you pop pills like Ambien, why not take a look at your diet, doctors say. Three nutrients people tend to lack, magnesium, potassium, and vitamin D. Which doctors say you can find in foods you eat every day, like pumpkin seeds and avocados and swordfish. Oh, gross! Which may help you fall asleep, but not before your partner starts asking questions about your pumpkin fishcado sandwich. Now, it might not just be your diet. Some scientists in Switzerland say the moon is keeping you awake. They say the full moon causes geophysical rhythms which mess up the human internal clock. So it's not just the bright light that the full moon causes that keeps you awake. You don't need a scientist to tell you that. The same way I don't need to be a scientist to say security lamps at apartment complexes are what keep millions of us Americans awake at night. In a world where we've been to the moon and now have $75 tablets which you can watch movies on, science still doesn't know why we sleep at night. Considering we spend nearly one-third of our lives, it seems like a big oversight. Now two researchers from the University of Wisconsin-Madison tell Scientific American they're turning their theory upside down now, saying that instead of making deeper connections between neurons in the brain while you sleep, the brain's actually weakening neurons. They say that we'd struggle to be able to encode new information during the daytime, so at night it all weakens out, which, in short, says sleep makes you stupid. Which explains why college students who stay up all night are so smart. Speaking of staying up all night, parents of newborns wonder when they'll be able to get back to sleep. Well, the National Childbirth Trust in the United Kingdom says their research shows 12 weeks before your kid is likely to start sleeping through the night. And you talk to most parents, and they say they lose about half their night's sleep until that point, which means the average parent of a newborn probably loses about six weeks of sleep, which is about a month and a half, which breaks the all-time world record of 11 days. And finally, a dad so frustrated that his kid wouldn't go to sleep, and also being a big Metallica fan, decided to play his kid his own cover of Metallica. And if you watch the YouTube video, it works. The kid goes right to sleep. Good thing the dad wasn't a dubstep fan.
0: Yeah, babies and dubstep—they don't always go hand in hand. You would also think baby and Metallica wouldn't go hand in hand, but no. he was just such a gentle touch. You know, just the acoustic guitar soothed the baby right to sleep. See, maybe that's what we do with Skyboy, because Skyboy plays guitar. I wonder
3: if Skyboy. No, he would put him. Well, he never to gets sleep. any
5: practice time, because halfway through practice, he just kind of dozes off.
3: I can't tell you guys the number of times I've fallen asleep playing the guitar. Have you really? Yeah. In the bathtub. That's <laughs> weird. Never said that, actually. Okay. So okay. I think that's your own imagination. <laughs> have you really been
0: playing so long, and you fall asleep?
3: <laughs> yeah. Don't and you? I'll, I'll wake up. In the. <laughs> yeah. I, I wake up in the morning, and the guitar's on my lap, and I'm just...
2: Yeah. Wait, do you still have the pick in your hand? Uh, I don't know. I don't, think, the, I don't you, think that's my thought. You take your eyes off of a pick, <laughs> and it disappears every time. It goes w- into I've the
0: black lost. hole that I mean, all yeah. picks yeah. go to. You know to. what you need to do is <laughs> yell, you need to shove right, the yeah. pick right between your teeth.
3: I don't do that. Just leave it there. Yeah.
4: My little brother does that. I, we are on vacation, and he has to bring his guitar everywhere. So I went into the room, and he was on the bed with the guitar on him, and his finger <laughs> still in a position. Really? Completely asleep. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. He was ready yeah. to pick up a chord yeah, when,
0: really. when he woke up. He was having one of those little mini sleep moments that last about 10 seconds. And then you wake up and you act like you're normal. Hmm? Minus the drool all over the guitar. Uh, by the way, um, we're going to get to it, but Skyboy, do you have to sleep with your guitar?
3: No, I don't have to. But, but I do have to have music or a TV show on or something. If if I don't have anything, my mind just starts racing. Really? And I can't fall asleep for hours. That's messed up. It sucks. Because
0: one of our viewers had a question, not our viewers, one of our internet questions was about a woman that can't go to bed without her stuffed animal. animal. So I'm afraid you're on the road (laughs) to being this woman. So let's ask that question.
5: Been married for a year and a half, everything going fine, but every night. She has to bring her stuffed animal to bed. Hmm. We've recently gone through some relationship issues, Mm -hmm. and so this kind of is now being brought up. Yeah. Is this something that he should be worried about? His wife bringing her beloved
0: teddy bear bear or whatever to bed? (laughs) Honestly, the teddy bear's bringing the teddy bear to bed is better than bringing your guitar to bed. Guitars can hurt you. And they make a lot more noise. And they take up more
3: space. They take
0: more space. Yeah. Plus, you could ruin a good guitar. You get a ukulele or something. <laughs> yeah, you need. If you're going to sleep with an instrument, make it a small one, like a ukulele, maybe a flute. Piccolo. A fiddle. Uh, what's it called? A piccolo. A piccolo. lot of people have gotten upset dropping
5: their guitar. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever has gotten upset dropping a teddy bear.
0: I actually, my son plays the keyboard, and I've gone don't in. Oh, I want to drop that. No, well, he was in bed with his keyboard. Because it's a big keyboard and it was... Night, night, Yamaha. <laughs> he fell asleep with the keyboard on him. He couldn't breathe. It was huge. You get
3: a stuffed guitar. Yeah. Solve both problems. Well, I know
0: people that use a body pillow and they it's a pillow that they just kind of wrap their whole body around. And to me, that's... I'd be jealous of my wife being in love with a body pillow. I mean, is sleeping with her body pillow every night. That's hard. I, I've even seen a pillow that wraps... Like circles you like a horseshoe, so you're like in a cocoon. I think
3: that would drive me crazy. The pillows giving yeah. you a hug. Well,
0: where would you sleep if so? Let's just say you're married to somebody that has a cocoon pillow. I guess you're just on the edge of the yeah. bed. Hang on, you just hang on to the back side of the pillow just to so you don't fall off. So as far as this lady's concerned, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, it's just something that's comforting. She's learned this little comfortable way of going to bed, which includes. You know, cuddling up with her cute little bear. I think if she started talking to the bear, if the bear – if they were going out for dinner, I would start to worry more about that. But apparently they're just friends.
5: Now what if the bear turns into a pet? And what if the pet turns into a child?
0: That's another thing. I'm really against family bed scenarios that you hear about these families where let's have everyone sleep in the bed. Okay, and the reason being it's a principle that's eventually not going to work anymore. So they always say, but it makes us unified and we always feel love and harmony. Okay, a couple things. A, the kids have got to learn to make sure that they can go to bed by themselves. And if mom's the one that has to tickle their head all night till they go to bed, they're probably never going to learn to go to f- fall asleep by themselves. And then they're going to turn out like Skyboy who can't go to bed without leaving the TV on and a guitar in his arms. B, Um, Husbands and wives need time together too. And if kids are always coming in, that's not always possible. Uh, Jay, um, a lot of times I've just found it's hard to sleep with kids in bed. So like Dr. Klein was telling us earlier, it's probably going to create a little bit of a problem when you wake up with your kid's foot up your nose. So in the end, I just believe, get your kids back to bed. You can come in. They can come in when they're scared. We'll make them feel okay. I'd always walk my kids back. We'd have a little time together. I'd rub their head. We'd think happy thoughts. We'd even say a little prayer, and then we'd put them to bed. And then that might take 10 or 15 times. You know, it takes time. Kids are smart. But uh, they don't have to sleep in your bed, for heaven's sakes. Bedtime is, you know, everyone's got to learn how to do it. Right, Skyboy? And that is my answer. And another angel got wings. That's the show, my friends. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us. Hope you learned a lot about uh, your sleep health. Tomorrow we'll be back with more tools, hopefully giving you a smarter life, maybe a little bit smarter love as well. This is The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.